Welcome to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. Discovering in Christ to love the life we live and learning how to live a life of love. Things are looking up, though it might not have at that time felt like it. I'm sure, you know, when you're always in that situation, it's very uh, difficult to really see what's God doing. It can be really difficult, but God is doing something. And as you guys realized last week, so let's take it from there. So Patrick, you are finally in a counseling session with your wife. What's that like? I mean, you know, maybe... I know a temptation if I was in it to tell her everything. I was disappointed. <laughs> How could you leave me? You know, all this yeah. stuff. And, you know, what, what many guys could have probably said, you know, put all the blame on her, though that was not the truth. Mm-hmm. But how did you handle this whole suddenly having to air your differences? And- you know, I'll say from the day that I uh, came home and Christy was gone and through that counseling session, th- there was a grace on me that, that God. Uh, it was God's grace, no doubt. And there was a, a, a realization that I'm the man and that what goes on in my home is my responsibility. And I can set the tone one way or another. And I just owned it. You know, mm-hmm. I could have justified a lot of things like we did before we divorced. But I realized that I was I'm the responsible person here. Um, and so my I, it, as I sat there, uh, just humbled you know, and, and a spirit of humility truly just engulfed me. And I was just grateful that, that God was seeing a, a miracle take place that I'd been praying for. And I uh, was just watching God work. And I, at that point, I'd kind of gotten to a place where I really was trusting God day to day, where I, I'd come from, trust God today, tomorrow I got it. Trust God today, tomorrow I got it. You kept picking it up. and, and But I'd gotten to a point there where I was sustained in the trust I had in God and the peace of God. It carried us. And so um, I was excited, but, you know, knew that we still had a lot to work on. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say that's one thing that was really, he, he was the most humble person in 99 because he would take full responsibility for everything. You know, even though I had faults too, he would say, I'm the man, I'm the head of the house. It's all on me because I'm responsible for setting the tone in my house. And, you know, I, I'll take all full responsibility. I thought that was really huge because so many people like to play the blame game and put it on the other person and say, well, I reacted this way because of you or you provoked me or whatever, but he didn't make any excuses. And I will say that through the entire time that we were separated and divorced, he never stopped writing letters, sending cards, sending flowers. Mm -hmm. And he was also sending my parents stuff about healing and scripture and sermons. And he would send books and different things. And just like pages and pages of healing scripture, you know, and praying over my dad through letter. You know, I just pray for your healing now. I just thank God that, you know, he is restoring your body to health. And and I remember, even though my mom didn't want me to reconcile with him, I remember I overheard her telling her brother, you know what? He could be cussing at us. He could be pointing his finger at us. But instead, look at what he's doing. He's sending this stuff that's building us up and he's not throwing darts, you know? And, and I think that even though my mother still wasn't on his side, he could have done so much damage by doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. And instead it was like the Lord was softening my mother's heart, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that helped prepare her for what was going to come next. 
but just his attitude was just that of humility. I mean, he dropped like 40 pounds and he just like looked like a different person. And, and really he was. And, you know, we were apart for seven months and remarried in the eighth month. And we didn't realize it till afterward when someone asked, how long were you apart? And we're like hmm. seven. And we're like, oh, wow, seven is completion and eight is new beginnings. How about that? And I'm like, I don't think that's a coincidence. And seven was the word God gave gave me when you. I was reading, studying uh, in the book of Daniel about yeah. King Nebuchadnezzar yeah. being driven so into the field like, for wow, seven years. It's completed. And something really happened in those seven months that, that Patrick became a different person. Hmm. He really became a different person. He was not the same. And I think so many times we're in the middle of a crisis and we want God to get us out. And we're like, throw me a raft, God, give me something. I'm drowning here. But he doesn't let you die, but he lets you struggle long enough to where he can get the things out of you that need to come out of you and put things in you that he wants in you and really build your character. And and it's hard when you're swimming against the current, Mm -hmm. but, you know, he knows how much you can handle and he's there watching you he's like i'm not gonna let you go under but but this is good for you i'm building your muscle you know keep treading keep treading you know keep doggy paddling you know Uh, you know maybe some of the listeners out there are going okay this is this is great but you don't know what my wife did to me or you don't know what my husband did to me or you don't know you know the situation that i'm in and i'm angry i mean it sounds like you weren't angry patrick how could you you know not be angry or I know Christy was angry at that some stage, you know, and but it, it sounds like you didn't have any feelings in the situation. And I'm just, I'm, I'm not saying this. I'm, I'm just trying to put it in my, my, in my, my head. What some people who are going through a real situation like this and saying that sounds great, but I'm not there. How do I get there? How do I get to a place where you were, where you weren't blaming, where you weren't, you know, blaming Christy for everything that was taking place, and that you could send those letters and you could do those things because if it was me i'd be seething mad you know type thing what do you say to people that are in a situation like this and they're going well that's great might work for you but it's not going to work for me uh what do you what do you say to them well you have to really look in the mirror i um i just got to a place where you gave up your right to be right remember the quote you used to say all the time i've given my right to be right uh, I don't know why I'm like completely blank. I think your stomach growling's got me. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a divorce in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. So um, I just, God had really put on my heart that as the leader of my home, I really was responsible for a lot. It doesn't mean, you know, I, I know that, I mean, it, every person is responsible for themselves and accountable to God, ultimately. Uh, but I've gotten to a place where, um, I had to work on me. I knew that I had issues. And while there were seasons during that time where I would try to talk to Christy and tell her this, tell her that, whatever, ultimately I knew God's goal was to get me to a certain place. And the only way I could do that is to take him toward myself and just, we talked about before about the voices and making sure you have the right voices uh, uh, speaking into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, by putting, by being intentional and getting quality mature Christians around me that I trusted who could tell me something I didn't agree with and go, okay, mm-hmm. uh, because just trusting their vision, it just, it was a game changer. Mm-hmm. So many people, I think today, and just, you know, a, a woman will go and find her best friend to bash her husband or the guy will go and they'll talk, talk about how sorry, you know, how she, I can't believe she did this. And that is so 
it's just destroying. Yeah, it's it's what the enemy wants you to do. And so I just really focused on I did a lot of praying and fasting and and you know when you pray and you when you fast it's a selfless act yes. and then, you know I just tried my best to see and hear God so it's kind of like you're not what I'm hearing you saying is is what we hear you can't change anyone you can change Christy you can change her you can manipulate her into doing anything right so it was almost like you turned looked in the mirror like you started with that and saying there's only one man staring back at me in the mirror. Right. Like that Michael Jackson song. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you know, he, he's the only one that we can change. And so, uh, isn't that interesting how God says, you know what, I want to change you. Forget about Christy. I'll, I'll deal with Christy yeah. and I'll deal with uh, you. And so I think that's a good thing for everyone who's listening here is stop trying to change the person or deal with the person. Deal with you, your mm-hmm. baggage, your issues. Somebody said to me once, said in everything, in every argument, in every fight in marriage, in every problem in marriage that you are having, you are 100%, people try and put blame, you 50%, I'm 20%, you 30, you know, mm-hmm. 70%, I'm 30% wrong. But in your wrongness, you are 100% wrong. So get God right. to deal with your wrongness mm-hmm. and not somebody else's wrongness. Yes. God showed me a vision of a triangle. And at one corner was me. At the other corner was Christy. And at the top was him. Mm-hmm. And what he put on my heart was, you seek me, you let me work on you, and I'll deal with her. And if you guys do, you know, carry out my plan, then you're going to meet mm-hmm. with me mm-hmm. and I'll work this out. And so, well, there's times I did drift for the most part. I stayed uh, when I would drift, something would happen and that would be, I would remember, oh, wait a second. This is not my, you know, God's fighting this battle for me and just need to work on me and let God be God. Right. So. And were you at once at at some stage did the change for you to also start looking at yourself, Christy? Or um, that took place later. later. Um, I was still when whenever um, I really felt like it was time for me to be obedient to the Lord. I still had this attitude of independence, and I won't be told what to do, and I won't be controlled, and you know I don't need any mm. man telling me anything. And I just was very headstrong. Um, I knew in my heart I needed to do what God wanted me to do, but um, I still had some walls that needed to be brought down. And I just remember thinking, because when we fought, I mean, Patrick would say really ugly things to me and I would sort of like file those away, you know, and it was like, he can never take back what he called me or what he said about me and all that, you know, it's like they're in my mind and I'm like, how can I ever get over that? But I just remember one day saying, wow, because I looked at him and how much, what all he had done and for seven months. And I mean, he wouldn't go anywhere without having someone with him for accountability. Like he said, I don't want anybody to ever say, oh, he's out with another woman. He's just moved on. He's like, I don't want any lies, any any foothold the enemy being on me. So if he was going to go somewhere by himself, he'd call his mom and say, like, hey, can you go with me? I don't want to be by myself because I want to always have accountability and I don't want anybody to ever be able to make up stories about me and say I'm with another woman or anything like that. So he tried to keep himself always surrounded by people. But I remember saying... After all he's done, he's earned the right to be my husband again. Mm. You know, it was like, even though you did all this and said all this to me and hurt me in all these ways, everything that you've done, you didn't have to do all that. You didn't have Mm. to take all that, you know, and I was mean to you and you sent letters and I was like, I don't care about your letter. And you sent flowers and I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, just real ugly. And I thought he's still consistently doing being Serving kind you. and doing the right thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you've earned 
the right to another chance. And mm-hmm. so, but the beginning, uh, it was rocky because I, I just didn't want to go back into the fighting and the bickering. I didn't want to lose control. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get back into the relationship, but remain in control. Right. So, you know, it was like, as long as you're being nice, I'll stay here. But if right. you mess up, I'm out that door. And that was my attitude. So where in the seven months are we now in uh, the Sibbeth? From the because you said this took seven months this yes. whole process so it, we and what month are it was we November around? that we, mm-hmm. we decided so what we like I said had been I was staying with my mother I didn't want to just my dad died in August mm-hmm. and I didn't want to just leave her high and dry she went from a house full of people to being alone and she right. was struggling with grief so you know Patrick moved closer we were spending time together but we were also spending time with my mother and uh, which. She was pretty quiet. She wasn't really excited about spending time with Patrick, but I just said, this is what's going on. I am going to get remarried, but for now, I'm going to be with you for a little while to kind of help you transition into this being a widow. And so we started going to church with her and Patrick started, he was really working hard to get through her icy, you know, walls, but she was just very, you know, very cold and she tolerated him, but that was about the extent of it. And then we decided that we want to be remarried in November because we, we knew the holidays were coming mm. and we didn't want our kids to experience Christmas with us in different houses. And we knew that that would not be pleasant for them. So we decided that before Thanksgiving gets here, we need to get this done. And, and I'll say this for the first, the five years that we were married before the divorce, I had a lot of anger and resentment at my mom because I never got to have a wedding because we just said, let's get married next Friday and end all this fighting. And I'd always dreamed of having a wedding. And so I didn't get to do that. And so I was angry. And you guys did it at the courthouse, right? um, We actually did it in his parents' living room. Oh, yeah. There was a a, a pastor at his mother's work and he was a real sweet old man and he agreed to come to the house and marry us. So, but it was, you know, I was like, my mom stole all that from me. Mm. You know, I felt like it was all her fault. And you know, at the time I didn't see where I did anything wrong. Now I can look back and I can see differently, but, but I was like, you know, this is all her fault. She had a wedding and she stole my wedding, you know, and I was just angry and, and I thought about it a lot and I didn't like going to weddings. And here I was about to be the maid of honor in my brother's wedding. And I was just like, I don't want, you know, this is just, you know, it's just like salt in the wound, you know, (laughs) but it was amazing how God even used that because my oh. brother's wife let me help her pick out colors, pick out flowers, plan. And, and it was like, I kind of get to, got to get all that out of my system. Right. Like I, she was like, I don't know what to pick. You pick. And so I got to pick all this stuff. And I was like, it's like, I'm getting to live out this dream, even though it didn't really happen. And then they were married, um, in September, the month after my dad died. And when we decided to get remarried, I said, I at least want a picture with you in a suit and me in a dress so that our kids have a picture of their parents, you know? So I said, let's try to redo this mm. and fulfill my desire. So I don't have this resentment my whole yes. life. I want to at least have something over the mantle, you know? <laughs> and so right. my brother's wife, who he had just married, agreed to let me borrow the dress that she had just wore in their wedding. And he rented a tux. And so uh, I was like, we, this will be a throw together. We have about 300 bucks is all we had, but at least we can get pictures, you know, and it looks like we had a wedding and I can get this out of my system. But it was funny how God was even using all that. It's amazing how God restored your picture. Yeah. And, uh, Amen. You know, restored the picture of, of what the enemy had, his picture of the two of you. And through all this process, this pain, there came mm. a beautiful picture. 
that God restored. So I think, you know, out of this podcast today, I think that's what we've, we've really discovered. You know, number one, focusing on yourself. Stop being a victim. Stop being a, a victor. And God, even, you know, you might feel that your picture has been destroyed, that your, your life has been destroyed where you are. But God is into, rest- not only restoring, but giving you a new picture, a new destiny, a new vision. And don't underestimate what God can do out of the rubble. He can bring, mm. he can bring life. I mean, he did it to our world and he said, let there be. And if he could create the universe out of nothing mm. and out of rubbish, God can take your marriages and he can, he can speak life because God is a God of life. And when he speaks and when he utters life into any situation, life can come out and might not be the life you were expecting, but it's always going to be better life than you ever had. And, and that's what happened with the two of you. There came a picture out of it, a, a restored, a brand mm-hmm. new, beautiful picture that now your children can look back at and go, mommy and daddy, there is mm. their, their marriage where you never had it before. Mm-hmm. And so God took you through all that to restore your picture. So thank you everybody for this. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll re- resume for, I'm sure, one of the most exciting ones is the, all the lessons that Patrick and Christy have learned out of this experience. Thank you for listening to Vital Life Connection with Oren Rudolph. For more information on other available teaching, please visit our website at orenrudolph.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash orenrudolph.